Welcome to the Centro Church Podcast. To find out more about Centro Church, please visit us at centrochurch.com.au or download our smartphone app today. Have you ever had an experience in life that changed who you thought you were? <laughs> you know, maybe something happened, maybe you had an encounter with God or, or maybe you had an encounter with someone that maybe you look up to or respect and they'd said something, did something, but uh, whatever it was, uh, you had this encounter and it changed your perception of yourself. I've had many times where I've changed who I thought I was. So in the Bible, we see so often in the Bible where people have encounters with God or with angels or with men or with women, and it changes who they uh, think, uh, they, uh, they change what they think about themselves. Uh, uh, who they are begins to change because of this circumstance or an encounter. It happens with Gideon. There's a war in the land of Israel and, and the Amorites are totally, uh, or the Moabites or whateverites they were, the Mozibites, I don't know what they were, but decimating Israel and Gideon uh, is hiding, hiding in a wine press and the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. You know, he begins speaking to the man what he's supposed to be. He says, Gideon, what are you hiding for? Get out there and Gideon gives all these excuses, tells the angel who he thinks he is. And the angel, it's funny, the Bible says that the angel turns away as Gideon complains. And then when he stops complaining, the angel turns back and says, rise up, you mighty man of valor. It's like God didn't even care what he thought of himself, you know. And so Gideon changes who he thinks he is because of an experience that he has with God. Peter goes from denying Jesus three times, but then has an experience with the Holy Spirit. And instead of denying Jesus a fourth time, stands up on a milk crate and begins preaching. And 3,000 people give their life to Jesus in one day. Who wants that kind of church service? So many people in the Bible, they have this experience and they change who they think they are, begins to change their identity. Tonight I want to unpack an encounter that a man by the name of Jacob has with God and how it changes who he thinks he is. If you haven't heard of Jacob uh, tonight, uh, I just want to give you just a brief background on who this guy was, Jacob. Uh, was the second born of twins. And so he had an older twin brother named Esau. The Bible says that dad loved Esau more than what he loved Jacob. And mum loved Jacob more than what she loved Esau. And so for, right from the beginning, we see that this guy's going to have daddy issues, right? He's going to have issues in, in, in life. Uh, not only does dad love uh, Esau more than Jacob, but Jacob's name means liar, it means deceiver. That's a great name, isn't it? Could you imagine this man his whole life being told, hey, liar, come to breakfast. Hey, liar, go to school. Hey, deceiver, do your chores. You can see that this man is a broken man, yeah? So this is who Jacob is. One day, uh, Jacob tricks Esau into selling his birthright for a bowl of beans. Uh, later on in the story, we see that uh, Jacob, uh, his dad, Isaac, is about to die. And so Jacob and mum, Rebecca, walk in to dying dad and trick dad. And, and, and they say, and, and dad says, where's the oldest? I need to bless the oldest. And mum and Jacob say, yep, this is me here. I'm the oldest dad. And dad blesses Jacob instead of Esau. Who knows that Esau's pretty ticked right now being the older brother. And so Jacob flees his home because he thinks that Esau is going to kill him. And so Jacob takes off and, and runs away from home. He finds himself a long, long way away 
and hiding in his uncle's house, Uncle Laban. He's hiding in Laban's house. Well, after a while, he sees a daughter that Laban has. Yes, is his cousin. Yes, this story's about to get a little bit weird. And so he sees his cousin and he thinks, man, she's pretty fine, so I'm going to marry her. And so he goes to Laban and says, can I marry your daughter? And Laban says, sure. You have to work for me for seven years, though. Then I'll give them to you. Her to you. Not him, her. <laughs> we haven't gone that uh, uh, liberal yet in the Bible. Um, and, so the, and so Jacob works for seven years, then comes the wedding day. Jacob has the wedding day, does what he does on his wedding day and realizes that it's not the girl that he was after, that Laban had tricked him. And instead of giving the girl, uh, Rachel, that uh, Jacob wanted, uh, Laban gives him Leah. And so thus begins the first episode of Married at First Sight. And so Jacob goes to Laban and says, hey, you give me the wrong girl. I want that one. And he goes, okay, seven more years, you can have her. So he works for seven more years, finally gets the girl. Well, now he's got two wives. More problems begin to happen, if you know what I mean. Right, he's got two wives. I can't... Yeah, that's right, I know. (laughs) He's got two wives and now he wants to, you know, build up his own wealth. And so he goes to his uncle and says, hey, all of the genetically deformed uh, goats and sheep... Can I have them and you can have all the purebreds because they're worth more? And Laban says, yeah, it's a good deal. But during the night, Laban goes and takes all the genetically deformed sheep and gets his boys and takes them away. So there's only purebreds, which leaves a conundrum for Jacob. But Jacob, being a smart man, figures out how to genetically mutate sheep, which is pretty cool. Good skill to have, I reckon, isn't it? All right? And so, uh, and so Jacob begins to genetically mutate uh, via natural causes, these sheep ends up changing these purebreds into genetic freaks, I guess, and builds up his wealth. Jacob, short, long story short, then takes off with basically all of Laban's wealth, takes off with all these sheep, takes off with all these goats, takes off with the, with, with the two girls, takes off with his family. Who knows, Laban right now is ticked tonight I want us to pause in the story of where Jacob takes off from Laban you can imagine that Laban's dirty with him his cousins are dirty with him they want to kill him Jacob takes off the problem is the way the direction that Jacob's going he finds out he's going in the direction of where his brother Esau lives and so he's moving toward Esau trying to move away from Laban and tonight I want us to stop in the story where Jacob stops and in front of him is drama and behind him is drama and he's stuck in the middle of drama Whose life does that sound like tonight? No, it was rhetorical. (laughs) Sounds like my life sometimes, right? The Jacob stops in the middle of all this drama. And we pick up the story in Genesis 32, 22. It'll be on the screen. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabuk River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone. Everyone say all alone. In the camp. And a man, everyone say a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What's your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. 
Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with man and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named that place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I've seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. In Jesus' name, amen. And so tonight what I want to do is just bring out three things. This story is full of gold. This story is, is full of things. It would take us, we could almost uh, do a 15-week lecture, and not just on Jacob, but on this story alone. Yeah, and so there's so much in here, but tonight I just want to bring out three things that I think if we can just take three of these things and apply them to our lives tonight, I just think that, uh, you know, life is going to be better because we don't need to trust in ourselves, but we can trust in God. Let's just have a look tonight. So uh, first thing that I just want to bring to your attention uh, uh, tonight is, uh, I guess, the part of the story where it says, during the night, a man wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Two things. Number one, it's interesting that Jacob initially thinks that he's wrestling with a man. Good thing for us is we can see in the story in simply just a one minute read that it was actually God incarnate. But Jacob initially thinks that he's wrestling with the man. What I want to bring to your attention tonight though is the fact that Jacob wrestles from sometime in the night to the break of dawn. Here's the thing. An Olympic wrestling match goes for about 10 minutes. 10 minutes is about the time that a man can use all of his energy and wrestle. 10 minutes. Yet the Bible says that from sometime in the night to the break of dawn, Jacob wrestles. Jacob wrestles. You know, for Jacob to last more than 10 minutes, <laughs> for Jacob to last uh, the, uh, a long time during the night, I want to suggest to you tonight that in the midst of this wrestle, not with the man, we're not with, with God, but in the midst of this wrestle with God, Jacob finds a new strength. The first thing is that Jacob finds for himself a new strength. In this encounter that he has with God, he finds for himself a new strength. You know, Isaiah 40 says this, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even young people become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find a new strength. They will soar high like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. You want to know tonight how to keep your soul engaged with strength? It's simple. Stay connected to Him. It's that simple. You want to find new strength in your soul? Then stay connected to Him. Have you ever gone uh, uh, for an exercise or gone and played sports and you didn't want to, you felt lazy, you felt a little bit lethargic, you didn't want to, but you did anyway. And after the exercise, you feel good. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? You know, you got an exercise and it's like, I don't want to do this, but you do it. And then, you know, it's like, 
actually I'm feeling good you know dun, 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 dun. you know you feel like rocky you're feeling good about yourself there's something you know that gives you a new strength when you engage with exercise you know Jacob he finds himself in this wrestle with God you know he finds himself in this situation where he's in this uh, thing with God and it gives him a new strength you know he doesn't know if he's wrestling with his future he doesn't know if he's wrestling with his past all he knows is that I'm wrestling with a, a problem and it's in, this, it's, it's, it's in the middle of this encounter, you know, uh, with what he thinks is one of his problems. He doesn't know if it's Esau wrestling him. He doesn't know if it's Laban wrestling or one of his cousins wrestling with him. He, he has no idea. He thinks he's wrestling with this problem that he has, but it's during this encounter that he realizes, hang on, maybe this isn't the circumstance that I'm fighting with. Maybe it's something between me and God. And he realizes he actually wasn't wrestling with flesh, but with God. And it's in that wrestle with God that he gains this new strength. Let me tell you here tonight, church, you might be here tonight and you might feel life is like a wrestle. You, there might be something in your future that's maybe giving you some anxiety, giving you some stress. Maybe there's something in your past that you just can't let go and it feels like it's just holding onto you and you feel like you're in the middle of your future and your past and you feel stopped and stuck. But let me tell you, it's when we get to that point in time where we can get our eyes off our own problems and get our eyes onto God and begin wrestling with God, begin getting with God that we gain this new strength to move past our problems why can we run and not grow weary why because it's not your strength why can we walk and not grow faint because it's not my strength it's his strength Jacob in the midst of his two of uh, in the midst of his problems finds out that he's he has a wrestle with God and gains a new strength Something else that happens uh, in the midst of the story is when the man asks, when God asks Jacob, what's your name? And Jacob says, my name's Jacob. I love what God says. He says this, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel. You will be called Israel. You know, God basically is saying to Jacob, he's basically saying, hey, you know, where I want to take you, where I have destined your life to be, where I need to get you to, I actually need to change your name, Jacob. Actually, where I, 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 I want blessing to flow through you. Actually, you can't afford to be a liar anymore. You can't afford to be a deceiver anymore. You can't afford to be so self-aware of your shortfalls anymore. You can't afford to think uh, uh, who you are. Ah, you can't afford to be who you think you are. You need to know who I think you are. That's what God's saying to him in this wrestle. He's saying, Jacob, hey, liar, you're not that anymore. Because what I have for you, the future that I have for you, you can't be called that. You can't think of who you are. You need to know who I've called you to be. 
That's what God says in this situation. God's saying, Jacob, listen, I understand that your whole life you've been called this. I understand that you might be a product of your environment. But let me tell you this, Jacob, it's a new environment right now. You're in a new environment. And so you need a new name. You need a new identity. You know, I don't, you, God's saying, I don't want you telling me who you think you are. Because it doesn't matter. In the, in the words of Rocky, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That was for you. Where's where's Ben Gouchy? That was for you. There we go. (laughs) If you smile. Anyway, who loves WWE? Just me and Ben. Great. Awesome. (laughs) God doesn't want me telling God who I think I am. God, God doesn't need you telling him who you think you are. Ah, God, I can't... I'm not as talented. Uh, I don't have that kind of freedom. Uh, there's something in my life. There's this issue that I'm struggling. God doesn't want you telling him who you think you are. In this story, uh, God asks, what's your name? He says, Jacob, immediately. Well, you're not Jacob anymore because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're now called Israel. Israel means this. May God prevail. May God prevail. May God prevail. God say, Jacob, (laughs) you're no longer this because it's not about you anymore. It's not about you anymore, but this is about me. It's not about what you think you can do. It's about what I've already done. And so God changes this this man's identity of who he thinks he is. I love what Isaiah says when he says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. From From about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do not see it. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. What this is saying is this. I'm about to transform some things. And I'm glad that God is in the transformation business. Because otherwise, Tim Spark would still be hanging out with drop kids, smoking the wrong things, being with the wrong girls, and his life would be messed up. But I met Jesus, and he transformed who I was. He transformed my heart. He transformed how I think about myself. He transformed uh, 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 wisdom in my life. I thought that I could do my own things and do well, but he transformed how I thought and how I made decisions. I'm glad this morning, tonight, church, that God transformed who I was. Are you not glad that if you've encountered Jesus tonight, are you not glad that he's in the business of transformation? that he's transformed who we are. And so Jacob in this wrestle, he finds this new strength in God. He gains this new identity. I don't know about you, but when I find new strength in God, when I find out who I am, that makes me happy. Wouldn't it you? And so Jacob in the middle of this wrestle finds a new joy. This is our third thing tonight. He finds a new joy. You know, some of us here just need to find a new joy. You need to say, uh, you know, you need God to bless you. I love what God says to Jacob. He says this, uh, and sorry, he didn't say it, it just happened. It, It says, then he blessed Jacob there. Then he blessed Jacob there. Um, What I want to bring to your attention tonight is this word blessed what it actually means. Uh, the Hebrew word is barach. Everyone say barach. Get the k, everyone go k. 
Barach. Say it again, Barach. Fantastic. Fantastic. Everyone say Fantastus. Say Wunderlach. You just spoke Afrikaans and Hebrew all in the one sentence. Very good. <laughs> the word here is Barach. So then he Barach, Jacob. The word Barach means to kneel. It means to kneel, it means to give praise, it means to worship. That's what it means. You would use the word Barach when talking about God. So if you wanted to bless God, you would say, I'm going I'm to go and Barach God. I'm going to kneel, I'm going to praise Him, I'm going to worship Him. What I want to bring to maybe attention tonight is how scandalous this sounds right now when it says that not Jacob didn't Barach God, but that God Barachs Jacob. The word Barach also translates into congratulating or adoring or applaud. Could you imagine for a moment what this does to this man? His whole life he's been told he's a liar. He's been told he's a deceiver. He has this wrestle with God. He now finds a new strength. He's now been called a new name. And then God stops, takes a step back and just... Well done, Jake. Well done, mate. Could you, can you see how scandalous this is right now? That God himself kneels and then just applauds and congratulates this man who probably doesn't deserve it, but nonetheless wrestled with God and God begins to congratulate Jacob. You know, uh, there's someone here tonight and all you need is for God to say, hey, well done, well done. You're doing well, come on. You know, we all love encouragement, yeah? I love when I get, I love when my wife tells me, nice things I love when people say Tim you're doing a good job you know what I love more though when I get in his presence and I just feel God saying you're doing good mate you're doing good son and that only happens when we find ourselves in that wrestle with God in that encounter with Jesus we, we, you can hear his voice you can hear him saying these good things when you find yourself having an encounter with him you know psalm says uh, he will show me the way of life granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever let's get the worship team up tonight you know john 1 12 says but to all who have received him those who believe in his name he's given the right to become god's children you're called to be god's kids how good is that you know when my son uh malachi began to walk sometimes he would stumble you know, he'd get up and he'd, he'd, and then someone fall over. You know what I didn't do? I didn't kick him and go, get up, you little twerp. Keep walking, come on. You can do this. You know, get up, you're worthless. I didn't, I didn't do that. Maybe once or twice, but no. I picked him up and I went, yeah, legend, little man, well done. Keep going keep going and he begins to walk you know uh, the kid's beginning to read now which is pretty cool you know i've created a human that can read i think i'm feeling pretty good about myself right now right and he's beginning to read and he can say things like bed and read and said and uh, that's, that's not an ed word any ed words you know he's saying these words but he stumbles over them you know what i'm not doing i'm not saying oh you stupid kid i'm not saying come on all the other kids are doing it you know, get be better. Come on, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Well done, mate. You get in there. 
Congratulations, you're doing so well. Who knows that when he, when he hears daddy doing those, saying those things, who knows that his eyes light up? He's got the biggest smile. He feels so happy. He feels loved. He feels like he can conquer the ED words. He gets better. He becomes more confident. Stress goes down. Anxiety levels go down in his life. He engages more with dad. He engages more with the father. Because he finds himself in the presence of dad, wrestling with these words. He thinks it's, he thinks it's a flesh thing. He thinks that the wrestle, that the frustration is, is on the paper, but he doesn't realize that dad is in the midst of this frustration. And it's when he realizes that dad was always there in the middle of this. And then when he does it, dad, hey, come on, you keep going, mate. Giving him a new strength, he gets new strength. Hey, come on, you're a good reader. I start giving him a new identity. He has this new strength, he can do it. He has this new identity I can read. And then when he gets the word, it's, yeah, legend. Woohoo. You're smart. He gets a new joy. So it happens when we find ourselves in the presence of God. Jacob, in the middle of all this stuff, his future looks bleak, his past looks horrible. He stops and he has this encounter with God. It's in this encounter with God that he finds a new strength in his life, that he finds a new identity. He, he stops thinking about who he is and begins reminding himself of who God has called him to be. It's in that moment that a new joy comes into his life. He feels better about himself. He feels better about situations. He stops trusting in his own brain and his own thoughts and he begins trusting in God. Let me tell you the end of the story. He meets with Esau. And Esau hugs him. So good to see you. I missed you. God does something amazing in the life of this family. All because one person stops and has an encounter with God. Have you ever had a moment in your life that changed who you thought you were? Have you ever had a moment in your life, maybe an encounter with Jesus, and it changed who you thought you were?